mentioned, um, my name is Dale. Um, my wife Judy and I are part of North City, and I get the privilege of uh, sharing a Jesus story with you tonight. And uh, so thanks for having the conversation around the tables about um, how good are you at asking for what you need. Um, how many of you would say, like, um, this is really easy for me when I know what I need. I don't have a problem asking anybody else for what I need. How many of you are like, got a few brave ones. How many of you are like, oh, it's really hard for me even when I'm stuck. It's really hard for me. Yeah, that's, that's me. How many of you are like, I don't know. <laughs> that seems to be a number of you. That's fine, too. So I would be one of those that, that struggles like I was sharing at our table. <clears throat> I can get into things, like get pretty deep into things all by myself because like I'm just kind of a lone ranger mindset. I can do this all by myself. So a couple of years ago, uh, we sold our family home. And in doing that, we downsized the condo. And in doing that, we were able to buy a lake lot. Now, we haven't been able to do anything with it because you know everything's so crazy expensive or whatever. But we have this very nice place you can go to. It's, it's, it's on a lake. Um, and I decided that I was going to build this sitting area kind of down by the lake and um, decided, and our lake lot is like this, and it goes way down in this flat, and it's way down again. We're, we'll probably call it like Birch Cliff, because it's like. <laughs> so I carried like all of these stones down, like these retaining wall things to build this area. And I was about halfway into this thing, and I realized like my body was giving out. I had to, because I had to go all the way up and bring them all the way down, and I was trying to use a wheelbarrow. It was really awful. So I finally asked my two older kids, my sons, who are both kind of burly, you know, pretty, to come and help me one day. And of course, it took me like weeks to get around to asking. Finally, asked them. So they come, and like in two hours, they did like all of this stuff that took me like two weeks to get it down there, right? So I get the whole thing built. My wife's going to laugh at this because she knows what's coming next. And um, I got a call from the county. And somebody had complained because apparently you're not supposed to build anything within 35 feet of the shoreline. So I had carried all of these, and my sons had carried all these things down, and I had built this thing, and I needed to take it out. So. Halfway up our lake lot is this flat area where like, we're, I built a fire pit, but I was like, oh, I can use these things up there and make a patio. It'd be all these great things. But I was so embarrassed that I had done this. I didn't even tell my kids, and I carried them all by myself all up to that spot. I didn't ask for help with that at all because I was so embarrassed. My tendency is to kind of get into things and not ask for what I need. And today's Jesus story is a story about a person asking for what she needs. And this story is a really remarkable story because in the Jesus stories, Jesus is usually the hero of the story. That's why we call it a Jesus story, right? This is a really unique story in that the way this story is told, Jesus in some ways is not the hero of this story. The story that I'm going to share with you comes from the book of Matthew. Matthew was one of the eyewitnesses of Jesus. Matthew was a Jew like Jesus, and he was writing to other Jews to read this biography of Jesus, who were Jews, to help convince them that he was the Messiah, the long-awaited Jewish Messiah. And so he's telling these stories about Jesus, and in Matthew chapter 14, there's all this conflict that's happening between Jesus and the Jewish leaders. And it gets really intense, and Jesus has also been doing lots of healing and teaching, and like it's really been intense. And so chapter 15 opens with these words, leaving that place, which was within the Jewish territory, it says, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. 
Now, to us, that doesn't really mean much, but you have to get the mental picture that Jesus is going through all this intense stuff, and he decides we need to get away, and he decides we need to get away from these Jewish people. So they leave the Jewish territory, and they go to the Gentile territory, the people who are not um, part of the Jewish religion, to these two coastal towns. So they're going to the beach, to Tyre and Sidon. And so they're thinking they're getting away, they're gonna have this great time, they're getting away from all the pressure of the Jewish religious leaders questioning Jesus, and I'm sure the mentality of the disciples especially was like, oh good, we're getting a break, right? So they arrive, and the next sentence says, a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him. Now, you have to kind of get this mental picture that they're you know, in this Gentile area, and it says, a Canaanite woman. Canaanite is a kind of Jewish way of saying this person is a member of the Jewish religion. So she is part of a group of people that would be discriminated against by the Jewish people. The Jewish people didn't have anything to do with them. They wouldn't usually talk to them. And they certainly wouldn't want to minister to them in, in any way. So she's a woman that would be easily discriminated against by the Jewish people. It says it was a singular Canaanite woman. And so she's coming to Jesus all by herself. We don't know why. Does that mean she doesn't have a husband who's with her? Does she not have any girlfriends that want to come with her? She comes all by herself. And then it says she's a woman. And in the first century and other parts of the world still today, to be a woman means you don't have a voice. Um, to be a woman in the first century was actually you were kind of the property of a man, either your father or later a husband. And so she comes as a woman to Jesus, who's a man, who's a Jewish man, and she comes to him. Now, it says that she is a woman from that particular vicinity, and I just want to tell you one little fact, and then I'll run this story for you. In this vicinity, a couple of miles outside of these two towns, is a temple. And this temple is dedicated to a Gentile god named Ishmon. I don't know what it means, but this temple was dedicated explicitly to healing. And this woman, as you're going to soon hear, is a mom who has a daughter who needs healing. And she's from that region, but she's coming to Jesus. And it says that this Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him and cried out to Jesus, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. So she is a solo advocate coming to Jesus to advocate for her daughter's need for healing. She's coming as a woman who is easily discriminated against because of her gender. She's coming as a Canaanite woman who is easily discriminated against because she is not Jewish. And she comes to Jesus and she entitles, she addresses him as son of David, which is the Jewish way of saying Messiah. So she's a Gentile woman who sees Jesus and knows something about him and believes that he's something special to these Jewish people and so she calls him the son of David. And then comes this really strange thing. She cries out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And it says, Jesus did not answer a word. He did not say a thing to her. She cries out to him, and he doesn't say anything. She must have approached the disciples and said, hey, can you help me get an audience with Jesus, get him to listen to me, to get him to help me? Because the next verse says, so his disciples came to Jesus and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. 
Now remember, they came for like some R&R. They're going to the coast. They're going to the beach. They're going, you know, and this woman approaches, and she wants her daughter to be healed, and Jesus doesn't say anything, so now she's bugging them, the disciples, and they're probably a little, I'd be irritated. I'm like, hey, we're on vacation here, right? And they're like, hey, send her away. She keeps crying out. And Jesus answered the disciples and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And Jesus gives an excuse for why he's not going to minister to this woman, to the disciples, and basically saying, well, she's a Gentile, and my mission was to come to the Jewish people to bring reform to the Jewish religion, and then hopefully the Jewish religion, when it gets reformed, will care for the Gentiles. And it seems like he's drawing a really hard boundary and a line. Now, she probably overheard this conversation, because Jesus is like not saying to her, and then he's saying to the disciples, well, that's not why I'm really here. But the story goes on. The woman came and knelt before Jesus. She is not giving up. Like She has voiced her concern to Jesus. She's like, I need help. And then she's gone to the disciples, and the disciples get this excuse from Jesus, and she probably overhears it, and she's like, I don't care. And she comes to Jesus, and she kneels this time before him. She's cried out to him the first time, and now she kneels before him this time. This is a sign of the desperation that she feels as a solo advocate for her daughter, as a woman, as a Gentile. And it says she came and she knelt before Jesus and she said, Lord, help me. And he replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. So he has this metaphor in which he is kind of the children are the Jewish people, and like Jesus is like, I came to bring bread to the Jewish people, to the children, and it wouldn't be right for me to toss the bread to the pets who are under the table. And so he gives her, like he ignores her, he gives the disciples an excuse not to heal her daughter, and now she comes and kneels, and he's like giving her an excuse why he's not going to do it. <laughs> not what we typically think of when we think of Jesus. And so he says, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. And she says, oh, yes, it is, Lord. I mean, I can almost envision her like wagging her finger at him because her next words are, yes, it is, Lord. He's like, no, it's not. She's like, oh, yes, it is. And she says, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Like she's like correcting you. Oh, yes, it is. And in this moment, Jesus says to her, woman, and it really should be translated dear woman. This is the same word that Jesus uses to refer to his mother. Dear woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. And I love this story because here is a story of a person like, who is incredibly persistent, isn't she? I mean, she knows what she needs. And it's not what she wants. It's she needs it. I need someone to heal my daughter and to care for her. And she's a solo advocate, and she brings her request to Jesus. And even when Jesus kind of ignores him and the disciples ignore her, and then she even kneels before him, and he has an excuse, and she's like, oh, no, no, no. And Jesus is like, you're right. I have come for the lost sheep of Israel, but I've also come even for the Gentiles in this region. 
A little over a year ago, I had a pretty traumatic event happen in my life. I shared about this a couple of weeks ago when I was sharing about, I have a circle, an inner circle of people in my life, my wife and another group of people that I go to when I'm really in crisis. And this event happened and I went to my friends and they cared for me and took care of me and kind of walked me through the next few months together. And I have a spiritual director, a person I meet with regularly on a monthly basis, and she helped me walk through some of the trauma of this experience. And, and I thought it was like doing pretty well, like, like oh, I, I got this, I, I'm doing all right. And then last February, something happened that like all of a sudden triggered me having this visceral, very angry reaction. And then a couple of weeks later, another thing happened, and I had this visceral, angry reaction. And in the midst of it, I had a friend, and she said to me, I think you're having PTSD reactions, like post-traumatic stress disorder kind of reactions. And me, who carries all the rocks down, you know, all by himself, I'm like, oh, no, no I'm fine. This is, she's, and, but my wife can tell you and others, like, you're like, why are you so mad? Why are you, you just can't even control yourself. You're so almost out of control. You're so angry. Not with everybody else, but like in private, like with them. There's, and I had to come to this moment of realization that I needed help. I couldn't handle this one on my own. Even with close friends who helped me process things, even with a spiritual director who helped me kind of make sense of some things, I was still getting triggered nine months later. And so this summer, I've actually been in counseling. I've been meeting with a counselor. And it was my way of kind of going in and sitting down and go, I need help. Uh, for some reason, this traumatic event is not something I'm just getting over without some help. And at this point, even like almost 10 months later, um, when I met with my counselor the first time, I had to admit that I need your help. I don't know what to do with this one. And so I've been meeting with a counselor who's kind of helping me through that this summer. And so hopefully, like, I won't be triggered around you and get really angry. How are you at asking for help? The hero of this Jesus story is actually not Jesus. It is this woman, A. Canaanite woman who came to Jesus and she would not take no for an answer because she knew that if Jesus was truly the Messiah, God come in the flesh to be here for us and she had a need, she needed to ask for it. And she was persistent. And because she was persistent, Jesus says, you are a woman of great faith, a Gentile woman not a Jewish woman. So I encourage you as you kind of process this story and as you think about your life even right now, is there something that you need help with? Are you willing to ask God for help? Are you willing to ask others to help you with it? Because the hero of this story was a woman who persistently asked and she celebrated in this story because she asked for what she needed.